Thank you. Well, it's certainly wonderful to be here, and um, I'm really rejoicing and praising the Lord for it. Before I head into the, the scriptures with you for a minute, I thought to give you a quick update. I, um, as was mentioned, I live in Vancouver, um, and, and in general in North America, we're having a, a fantastic time at the moment. The fellowship in Vancouver is very much enjoying the, um, the broader fellowship that we're, we're part of. Um, the, I'm heading back after this convention into California to go to a young people's camp, so we're looking forward to that. Recently we went to a camp in Athens with a fellowship there and a number of Vancouver people went there and we're particularly enjoying our, our fellowship combined with the other um, assemblies up there in the north part of the west coast um, with Victoria on Vancouver Island, uh, Vancouver itself, the assembly there and the um, folks in Seattle as well which is only a, about two and a half hours drive south. So. Um, the Lord's blessing mightily. Um, we've been seeing miracles, healings there also, and um, folks coming in and getting saved, uh, spirit-filled, baptised, and it's been just a, a wonderful time particularly. So um, happy to report that. If we could open up to 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, please. The topic for this evening is the world on the brink. Um, the Bible, you might have heard of the term, the last days, signs of the times. Uh, the world on the brink has a similar connotation. And there's a couple of main sources you can look at the signs of the times and where you can find them. One is in the Bible and the other one is in the news. Um, the Bible was there first but and, and a far more accurate account also, by the way, but the more you look at the news, the more you see the fulfilment of the signs of the times that indicate we are in the last days. And, and living in North America, we're in a precarious spot up there. Not that far north is Russia. And you might have heard of this great nation that, that resides below us that has a level of crazy that some people wonder how it can continue, myself included. Um, the verse here, uh, I just want to maybe talk about one of the, some of the signs of the times from a slightly different angle. If you, if you just read in verse 1 of um, 2 Timothy 3, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Often, and especially as I was growing up and I, I read that scripture, I'd often think of the dangers that, that the Bible warns about that we've heard of already. Wars, famines, pestilences, all of which the, the Bible outlines in some detail would be signs of the last days. But that's actually not what this passage of Scripture is talking about. This passage of Scripture is talking about the main contributor that brings about the problems of the last days. It's talking about problems within the heart of mankind. If you read further, it says here, "...for men shall be lovers of their own selves." This is a problem of selfishness that's engulfing society. And it's because it's the fallen human nature, the hardness of the heart of man. And, and all these things as we read through them are contributing to more and more the fulfillment of the troubles we see in the earth. The economic instability caused by a system that is entirely driven by greed. The environmental troubles, again, fueled entirely by the greed of mankind um, as, as people sort of climb over each other to do better and so on. 
And, and then there are the wars, and in particular, the, the concerns with, with Russia. You know, it's a sad fact today that people don't realise how incredibly exciting the Bible is. People go looking for excitement all over the place, and yet you need to go no further than your Bible to look into the prophecies and the accuracy of the prophecies of the Bible that tells us the times that we're living in, what to expect, what to happen, God's deliverance. It, it is the most thrilling book on the planet. Um, one of my favourite Bible prophecies is the deliverance of Jerusalem that was prophesied and fulfilled in 1917. The, the accuracy of that prophecy, and I've spent a long time talking to Pastor Jock, he's got first-hand accounts, and, um, but the, the, the amazing accuracy of the Bible and um, to get people excited about looking into the Scriptures and seeing the wonders of, of God, his grace to warn mankind of the coming dangers, but not only that, I rejoice that in the Bible, through the salvation experience, we find the answers, we find the reasons and the, and the Lord's deliverance that we can offer everyone that's concerned and worried, which increasingly is more and more people and eventually will be everybody. So we read on him in verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Every one of those is problems of the heart. And, and I guess that's what I want to just touch on because the Lord's given us an answer for this. And as an extension of that, given us an answer to offer those around us that, that um, are lost for answers. They see the problems. You only have to read the news. In CNN this morning I read a, a news article that said that increasingly they're considering that 11 o'clock on a Sunday is the most dangerous hour in the United States because of shootings in churches. Um, there's a lot of people that will increasingly be searching out answers. They know the problems. The terms like Armageddon, frequently used in the news, where the Bible's been warning of these things coming for, well, since it was written. We read on verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. This means that people with a lack of self-control Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And, and I see that, like I mentioned, every one of those fits into a category that is related to the problem that was in the heart. Having a form of godliness, that is a reference really to, the, to, to general religion that has not been faithful to the gospel message, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And, and new people don't, don't come to our meetings without hearing about the necessity of water baptism and being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is literally described as the power of God comes within. So we might go to another scripture, Proverbs chapter 4 probably familiar to us all, we won't spend much time here. But in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. One of the pestilences of the modern age is the explosion of mental illness. And um, 
I, I feel so sorry for people that are in some cases debilitated. In North America, it's a, it's a growing problem. It actually spikes throughout the Canadian winter, by the way, but that's another story. The, but it's a true one. So here's instruction from the Lord to keep our hearts. And, and we sadly, we see mankind focusing on the mind, the mind, the mind. And I, I don't want to um, take away from anything, but God tells us that the answer is in our hearts, which is why is for, for those that have found the Lord Jesus Christ and been filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, our prayer times are so important as our faith is lifted in prayer and um, our hearts kept in a state that we otherwise wouldn't be able to keep them in. And so for those, as it was for all of us, without the Holy Ghost, without the experience of the power of God, how do you do this? How do you keep your heart? It's an interesting question, but when you consider what's riding on it, the signs of the last days and the problems of mankind, it's a pretty important one. How do you keep your own heart? If I term the problem in a, in a broader sense, um, and we see this everywhere today also, I might just quote it for the sake of time, but in the book of Jeremiah, and it's chapter 17, I'll just quote it for now, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So mankind, without the power of God to move in their heart, is a bit stuck. Um, there's another scripture that basically indicates, uh, escapes me for now, I should have written it down, that the way of man is not in himself. And we see that, sadly, with the direction the, the nations are going. And, and so we've, the Lord's given us a better way, that we can follow him, be led of his Holy Spirit. In Romans it says that they are, that are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And, and so God's given us a very unique answer that doesn't treat the symptom, but cures the cause of the problem, the, the human condition of the heart of man. Again, just for the sake of, of time, in James chapter 4, I'll quote it. It asks the question, From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? The problem with this world originates in the heart of man. And that's why we read in the Psalms how important it is once, once we get saved, once we get spirit-filled, to keep our hearts with all diligence. And the Lord's given us the answer through the Spirit to do just that, to keep our hearts humble and soft before him. Um, I'll just turn to Ezekiel 36. Book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. This is a prophecy of the coming of the gospel and the blessings of Christ's kingdom. In um, Ezekiel 36, we read in verse 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will give you an heart of flesh. This is the promise that, that is been offered to any person here that is yet to be spirit-filled, speaking in other tongues, where the Lord, I guess it's a type, doesn't physically do it, he gives you a heart transplant, takes out a hard heart, a heart that's been scarred, a heart that's been hurt, 
and replaces it with a soft heart that's ready and purpose made to serve him. And that's a wonderful thing because it solves the problem. It doesn't just treat the symptom. We'll finish in Isaiah chapter 61. Actually, I should have read the next verse, and I will, even if you've turned to it. Verse 27 says, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And that's a perfect description of the church, of the Lord's people, where, where we willingly, joyfully, happily walk in the ways of the Lord and, and thereby, through our witness and testimony, have an answer to those that, and especially young people, who look at the world and they, they, every which way they look, they see problems without real answers. And, and, and praise the Lord for the solution the Lord's given us and that we've found by his grace. Isaiah 61. Isaiah and chapter 61. Again, probably a very familiar verse to most of us here. Verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This was the calling and the office of Jesus Christ, which really... He's given responsibility of that for the earth, in the earth, to the church. Because the Lord hath anointed me, and that anointing speaks of the Holy Spirit, to preach good tidings to the meek. The reason the good tidings are preached to the meek is because it's the meek that will hear them, the meek that will respond to them. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, healing for the heart, whatever our woes might be, the Lord has come to heal them, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. That day of the vengeance of our God is coming, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, is is been poured out and made available. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn, in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. And I love these few verses because the Lord will take away things we don't need and give us things we do. Take away the ashes and replace them with beauty. The oil of joy for the spirit of mourning. The joy of the Lord is our strength and it comes by the Holy Ghost. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I've rejoiced in seeing the garment of praise here this weekend and I've loved every minute of it. And, and the Lord gives us that in the place of the spirit of heaviness. And um, a modern day version of that could well be depression, anxiety, some of the problems people struggle with. The Lord's given us a great answer. That they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. <laughs> 